I have, we have zero computer graphics and I have this uh, group of friends who was completely like misfits. We was like weird kids even for art school. <laughs> and the guy who just finished my uni like two years prior from me, uh, he landed in his first job in um, games in the indie company. And we was like so dumb because he was like, hey, we need an animator. How about you will do some courses on 3ds Max and come to work with us as an animator? I was like, yeah, awesome. And I just, I, I subscribed to his courses. You're listening to Art Heroes Podcast, the show to help you thrive as a digital artist. Tune in to learn how to transform your passion into a career. Get inspired by other kick-ass 2D and 3D artists and find out what it takes to be an art hero. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Maria JD. I'm your host at Art Heroes Podcast, and this is a special lockdown episode of the Art Heroes Podcast. I'm super happy to have all of you here on the other side. Meanwhile, I'm in my solo confinement in Europe. And before I go ahead and introduce our today's guest, I would like to remind you guys that this week, Art Heroes Academy is throwing a special 50% off of stylized character program. So for those of you who are investing more time in self-development these weeks, uh, there is a new intake and I'll drop the link in the show notes here. So just go ahead and check out academy.artheroes.co for stylized character program and the intake is open right now. And actually, our guest today is Alina Ivanchenko, who is a character artist herself. I, I love her style. Uh, this is, you know, it's, if you ask me about my personal uh, preferences, it's definitely something that uh, that is memorable. But uh, with Alina today, we're going to talk about Korea in video games and what is it like for digital artists to build a career in video games. And although her story might be not typical, it's not something that you can replicate, but it just generally illustrates how diverse and how unpredicted it could be. So no more talking from my side. Please, Alina, welcome to the show. Oh. All right, we're now live. Alina, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi. Hi, thank you for having me, guys. Uh, nice <laughs> no, to see you. the pleasure is all mine as always. Uh, guys, uh, welcome again to the Art Heroes podcast. And uh, I'm here with Alina Ivanchenko, right? Uh, live from uh, uh, Canada, right? Yes. yes. Montreal. Montreal. The hotspot. The hotspot of game industry, actually. And that quarantine. Is... <laughs> and quarantine. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, for a difference, we're not going to talk uh, scary stuff today. And I'm staying strong to keep the line. And today, we're pretty much um, going to be having an amazing conversation about Alina, about careers in gaming and about artistic careers in gaming. So, but before I actually go into all of this, let's uh, maybe start with you, Alina. Um, maybe can you just quickly introduce yourself or where, where you're from and uh, 
what was the beginning for you and what do you do now? Uh, so I'm right now I'm in Montreal, as you said, I'm Montreal, Canada. I've been working in the game industry for 13 years now, which is calculated. Uh, so since 2007 and um, right now I'm working as a character artist for Moon Studios. Moon Studios just um, shipped uh, this game Ori and developer Wisps, which I'm super proud of. I can, I think we can give a link in the description, right? Yes, uh, absolutely. We can put the link in the show notes. But, but we'll technically, technically, uh, like everybody who's playing games know about Ori and it's kind of, uh, quite the name of itself well moon studios is also quite a name of itself oh okay you know okay because uh, sometimes it, like people there's two types of people out there first like i'm saying like moon studios and like oh, amazing and like the other people were just like uh what is that and like uh <laughs> what is like and i said that i have to tell them uh, moon studios the creators of ori and a blind forest and people like Ah, uh, what is Ori in a blind forest? <laughs> and like, well, then we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. So I'm working for creators of Ori. There, it's now two games, um, first and the sequel. Anyway, I'm working, was working as a character artist and I did uh, 3D lights for the sequel. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, should I add something? Uh, before Moon Studios, I was working for Ubisoft for three years, and I was uh, working on the titles like Rainbow Six and For Honor. So it's two big uh, titles that Ubisoft produced here. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Before that, I was uh, working back in Moscow. I started my career in Moscow, then I moved here, worked for mobile gaming, then worked for Ubisoft, and now I'm working for Moon Studios is kind of between indie and triple a i don't know how to yeah how, how, how to name them yeah well but that's pretty cool <laughs> i see uh so but is it something that you studied i mean digital art or uh, how did it come to you no this is kind of i'm self-taught in computer graphics uh and i actually was um I have a traditional art school, uh, quite traditional, with easel, with like drawing on paper, drawing on the oils. And um, back in the thousands, like Russia, we don't even have like computer graphics as a, uh, as a subject to learn in my, my university. Yeah, you mean as a, as a degree? Yeah, like we have like zero, zero classes on computer graphics. So. Um, I taught myself Photoshop and then uh, in a progression I taught myself 3D, I took some short courses and I was learning during my first uh, work in in games, during my first, like first few places I was, like it was like huge learning curve, like uh, they introduced me to ZBrush, then to uh, working with engines, etc., etc. So it was kind of a journey. And then finally, what was your kind of a first uh, first job professionally? It was like very 
long ago back in Moscow, like I, I actually I prepare to uh, tell you this funny story how I get into games in the first place. After sure, university. let's go with the funny and story. <laughs> this is kind of yeah, it's kind of ridiculous because um, I we have zero computer graphics and. I have this uh, group of friends who was completely like misfits. It was like weird kids, even for art school. <laughs> and the guy who just finished my uni like two years prior from me, uh, he landed on his first job in um, games in the indie company. And we were like so dumb because he was like, hey, we need an animator. How about you will do some courses on 3ds Max and come to work with us as an animator? I was like, yeah, awesome. And I just I, I subscribed to his courses. I did like three months of 3ds Max when I did a little bit of Maya. And like obviously at that after a few months the spot was taken. But if you think about it, to be an animator, it's actually like it's a full profession. You can't get into this in three months. Like, no way, absolutely. <laughs> and like, I mean, but it was like, it was very new to all this, like, idea to working in the games. We have, we know nothing. And the industry was really young at that point. So, well, this obviously failed. And the <laughs> same person, like, after some time said, like, there is another company is looking for a texture so I went there, I did the test, uh, it was okay, and I started to work with them. And like usual what happens with the juniors, uh, my first, real first place of work was complete crap. Like the guys <laughs> with two owners start, stopped paying us after two months, I think, after project started. So I was working for two months without pay and I was like uh, should I should I leave at that point and I and I left like no money like thanks god I was living with my parents and I I was like you know I not, was not starving but and then um I found a job in this company that called dot dot I didn't quite okay name. and they was actually the, my first real a game experience and they actually not but this was a very small studio like packed with crazy talented people some of them are still names in the industry like Ivan Saliaev I will, I will give a link mm -hmm. and um, there I did this was my first real school for CGR like I learned ZBrush I just came and they start to use ZBrush on a daily basis so they taught me ZBrush, they taught me how to work in the engine, they taught me like how to bake textures, etc, etc. So it was my real school at that point. And the game I was working on was actually, funny enough, Montreal franchise, Montreal license, uh, Disciples Free. The guy who created the series, he is actually the Canadian guy who, yeah basically was in charge of the story etc so yeah um this is how it started wow um, that's quite a story i love that um, yeah i know it's it's a mess it's so, and then, it's, it's so crazy you know how you uh, how they're uh, back in the day uh doing a couple of courses of like you know the overall three months direct duration could 
still possibly possibly give you a job in the industry yeah but i have an art education right i don't have yeah, to, like sure. I, I know how to draw so it give me like a good base of like if i eventually like my first and second job was a texture artist so for this um you just need art skills and you need to know your software uh, hard, hard software. yeah yeah, yeah software. and this is what um, yeah Cool. And so basically then, uh, you know, fast, fast forward, uh, you're now in Montreal and uh, definitely working on a different level of titles. Yes, um, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, happy ending, um, yeah. like um, American dream in a way. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, do, do you want to? Yeah, but no, I just, I, I guess I just want to, wanted to see what's your opinion on what it actually takes, because there are so many artists in developing countries, like in, you know, uh, um, in just remote places and just far from hotspots. Um, you know, what, it, what did it take you and what do you think it takes now to, uh, to make it? Were you like all over the internet or was it just connections? How did it work for you? Uh, how, how did it work for me? Well, the thing is, and what most of the people are kind of dismiss when they talk about for like this pursuing American dream, pursuing, I mean, not in America, right? So yeah. but, like pursuing going to the first world to make games is that this industry uh, like pretty much was non-existing 30 years ago. 20 years ago, and it was rapidly growing, like probably not any other industry in the world, like computers and everything got connected to computers. This is a full new way of entertaining people, right? It's not there like even like, you name it, the beginning of 2000s was still yeah. not a big thing. Um, so when it was expanded, and it absorbed a lot of people. It was so hungry for people. It would like a headhunt abroad and would headhunt in the third world a lot. Yeah. But uh, since um, the college system, for example, here, like catch up very quickly. And like, because people like playing games they kind of assume they this is what they want to do so there is mm -hmm. a, so but but what i'm trying to say there is a lot more people now wanting to enter this industry yeah and having a suitable education here as well as in russia or like other places so i don't want to be mean or upset people but it's more difficult now than it was like 10 years ago yeah definitely and it's not gonna get any easier next years but, yeah. but doesn't mean i don't think it's impossible i think it's like if you're stubborn and if you like can like have a goal and can can be like really pushing towards this goal Everything is possible, right? We all know the stories all over yeah. the internet, right? Like success stories where people who start very low and get to like become yeah, where CEO they want to be, yeah. something, right? But I just want to tell that it, it, it was not easy even for me. And yeah. it's... Yeah, uh, it's, not get, it's not getting easier. It's not getting easier. It's getting way harder. I know that Ubisoft 
like at some point they know like Ubisoft Montreal they don't hire from abroad uh, they only um, they only like either do transfer mm -hmm. from their own studio like let's say in Sweden to Montreal or they hire really high level people like people I would say uh, people who are stars and I, I think it's not even happening now. Okay. I think they, 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 they only do transfers right now. They don't uh, really uh, hire people from outside from a third world. So mm -hmm. situation is like that. Okay. Not very... I see. And so, Alina, uh, now I just wanted a little bit to pick your brain to see uh, what what is it like actually uh, working as an artist um on a video game um and specifically maybe as a character artist because that's i guess what you do now um do you get to own a character uh, do you get to collaborate a lot how long do you have to finish a character so just things like that maybe high level so uh before i even start to talk about how, how my uh, workflow looks now i just like disclaimer I'm working, I was hired to do RPG game, mm -hmm. like the moon did this like soft announce of the next project, it will be RPG, and they like kind of hint people, um, but I can't talk a lot about it, okay, because sure. it's still, it's still going to be secret for next uh, few years while it's, it wasn't sure. Out. Well, you can so. definitely maybe uh, speak about like, uh, sorry, past projects. Yeah, but like uh, talking about what I do now, um, it's uh, like, I, I obviously like, let's say, try, try not to go into much detail so I don't sure. give up the, the secrets, yeah. which is under NDA, but um, let's say, I, like, always I have a concept art. Like, always I have a lot of back and forth with the guy who did this concept art. And, uh, like, basically, um, on any stage of production, like, for example, I do a ZBrush halfway, I send this to approval, I got some feedback, mm -hmm. and I proceed the feedback, and then I do low poly again, same thing, uh, like feedback. And I also, um, Moon Studios has this very interesting system, I think, that uh, I haven't seen in many studios, mm -hmm. um, that literally every person out there can give you feedback because they are like very professional guys. Um, so it could be either my lead or the guy whom made a concept, but we usually have back and forth with the concept artist, but uh, it could be my lead, could be my uh, peer from like the uh, character art team. And this is normal. They all like, like when you work, you kind of, uh, especially when you work for a long time, you kind of get short-sighted about it. And it's usually huge help to get um, some critique, some advice from the site. Yeah, but it's also kind of small team, right? We are like 60, 70 people right now. Small, small company, not team. Team even smaller. Mm -hmm. team, team on like probably under 
110 people, including okay. animators. So, and then obviously, like low poly also undergoes scrutiny from animators, from riggers, and then uh, final touch ups, and yeah, and then it's done. Um, let's, yeah, I'm not sure if I can talk about how long does it take and I'm okay. not sure because we have very interesting pipeline I think once it's out and I can talk about it freely it will be very interesting hopefully for people to to, to see it but yeah uh, I can sure, talk yeah. about pipeline for Ori and uh, so like are you saying that pipelines were different because uh, for me that's quite interesting if pipelines are different for different <laughs> games yeah, oh, obviously, and oh, I would really? tell you even more that for each company, the mm -hmm. pipeline will be different. Uh, it, it, because each company, for example, use different engines. Uh, and for you, like as a future concept, oh, I'm sorry, uh, character artist, um, part of your work is actually to not only create the character, uh, but usually to put it into an engine, to check if it's looking good, uh, to adjust the shaders, and then your work is done. And I'm like, unfortunately, unfortunately, like I think good 20, 30% of my time is this last part when it's, um, then you just basically tweaking, you going back and forward from like 3D Smarts, for example, and engine, back and forward, see like stuff is not working go back, fixing Hi. it, send it back. Uh, and it's not happening in the moon right now because we're in a very early stage of production. So our engine, our in-game view, it's not, not fully done by now. Yeah. Trying to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this yeah. territory where I should be really careful. But let's say I was working for Ubisoft and Ubisoft have its own engine. It actually have a few and it's an open information. The engine I was working was called Anvil, but they also have engine called Dunya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well name and uh, I think another one, but Anvil is probably the, the most popular of, of a project I was working on with Dan and Anvil. And um, this is a very, like, imagine like it's a engine that, literally thousands of people was working on so it's very good it's very well developed um it has like all kind of physics lightings whatever yeah yeah i see and like let's say i for for honor i was working on weapon stuff and i would like send it to the engine like, okay does it look good? Does it look exactly how I wanted it? No, and then I send it back to Max. I send it back to Substance Painter. And even, let's say, in each team, we have a different pipelines. Same company, literally next room, will have a different pipeline. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, and, yeah, and this is something that you have to be ready for. Like, like, Keep in mind that every time, like not you, but every, everybody who is coming to this profession, what you will have to do coming to a new project, you have like to spend maybe one month or adjusting to this pipeline. Learning engine, for example, is Anvil. Like, um, obviously, never have a chance to work in it before I came to yeah. Ubisoft, and I have to learn for Moon. Moon use Unity. 
and that's an open information as well. Uh, like I have to learn how to work in Unity. Yeah. So and I have you have to adjust and basically, uh, for example, what was absolutely great on Rainbow, for example, uh, Rainbow Six is a Ubisoft title. They even have uh, Substance integrated into an engine. So I don't have wow. to go an extra mile to export my texture. We have one button, boom, it's an engine. And we can check it immediately and you can send it back. This is very interesting, you know, like as you're, as you're speaking, um, I like, I kind of, I, I understand how much flexibility an artist should have in terms of, you know, um, and like speed also to, um, to learn new stuff. But uh, what do you think are some of the essentials now for somebody who's entering gaming industry, even if it's um, like indie game company, first job that's not going to pay you after two months, but like some of the really, really must-haves. Um, because I guess when many people are um, looking at careers in games uh, as artists, um, they would not know all the stack they need to learn. So what would you recommend to start with? Actually, brush. As we were just talking, it's hard to predict what exactly the pipeline at your studio is. Good point. Um, like really I think, good point. Um, in general, what in general people like advice for people who want to enter a game industry right now to use it will be bundle consistent of like ZBrush and then Substance Painter designer painter mostly for character art. And then, um, then what? Well, it's good to have your food, feed food into the engine. It's good to learn, like, let's say, Unreal or Unity when you're starting, just to get the idea how it's gonna look like, how, mm -hmm. how the engines works. But I have to say that each engine is way different. And many companies prefer to have their own homemade engines so I wouldn't put a lot of effort of like knowing Unreal like perfectly because there is a good chance you come into your first work and they have a homemade engine and they probably uh, not as developed as Unreal or Unity and they gonna teach you. So don't stress about this. They, they, they hire you, they gonna teach you. Thank you for saying this. I think this is so important. No, seriously, I think so many people in like, are wasting time like years studying engines I mean like um, I know for some colleges it's like in the uh, schedule to learn like Unreal like my colleague from Warner for, for example he was teaching in college and he was actually teaching Unreal I think but honestly like and especially for people out there who self-taught I think there's still a lot of people who self-taught just skip it i mean there is a good chance you, you you're not gonna guess which which uh, engine people will use at your studio yeah i see so what's your favorite part of uh, like character creation actually i think um hmm, zip brush pretty much sculpting and now like for example ori was done um for me, because we are at Moon, we're free to choose our own pipeline at some point. 
So I would start in ZBrush, then Max, uh, topology, I usually do in Topogon. It's a small, small software like nobody using right now, but they still nobody look like... uses it. <laughs> I mean, I, but like, we can discuss it if you want. But, um, and then we did we, taking it to um, 3D code and we painted because Ori is a painted texture, hand painted texture. We painted in a 3D code in a very specific manner to look at like painting a light. Uh, and then, yeah, we uh, put it in Unity, but like, I didn't do this part. It was on animators in this case. Yeah. Yeah. No, so we were talking about what's your favorite part in... Uh, yeah, there. my favorite part was actually uh, ZBrush and uh, uh, 3D code. So I like to paint with textures. It's a lot of fun. But I have to say that I really love to do a job that people usually hate. I like to do topology and I like to do UV. I find it really relaxing, like to unfold UV and pack UV especially, like packing pack UV, like just I've, amazing. I've actually, I, I think now I see that there are two types of artists, That's those that love doing topo and UV and those who absolutely hate it. <laughs> yeah. I, I find it relaxing. Yeah. And I, like, I think, like, um, this is a sign for me that I choose the right profession because, for example, uh, early university, I tried to do sewing. I, 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 yeah. I was looking into fashion as a career. And um, as much as I love to do planning and I love to, to wear the result, I completely hate to do patterns. Like, I was like in the middle of work, I just want to throw it away. I hate it. And then I landed in the games and I was so lucky. I love almost every step. There is boring parts, right? If you have to import your uh, uh, model to the engine 10 times and like trying to fix this problem and it's yes. like not working, you will hate it. But I mean, I still enjoy like 90% of the process. So it's hard for me to tell which part I like. Sometimes even the brushing could be boring. And sometimes even like uh, packing UV in a perfect way is really fascinating. So yeah, something like that. Love that. Love that. Okay. So let me step aside a little bit uh, from the gaming because we've spoken so much about it. Uh, so just to take a break from this topic, I actually wanted to ask what's your, what do you do for personal projects? Because I know I've been following you for quite some time on Instagram and our art station. Um, and uh, I see that, you know, there's like constant updates. Um, yeah. So uh, can you tell a little bit more on, you know, what, what do you do with your art in your spare time? Um, I, I do a lot of art in my spare time. This is basically my, Yeah, this my, is so true. Yes, I see that. I work in my hobby. Um, right now, I have to finish uh, this uh, project I started doing for NVIDIA. They sent me a laptop in order for me to produce them a, a tutorial. And then, unfortunately, I, I ran into this uh, crunches at work, so I can't really spend a lot of time doing this. So hopefully, I will do it 
I will finish it soon and you will have like some tutorials online I made for them. Very nice. On, uh, on sculpting. But for myself, I like to do just like scarves. I like to do like um, stuff I can exercise character design on my own. I don't work with concept for my own. I like, I'm a concept artist for myself and I'm sculptor for myself, which is... Yeah, I can see that. You have this very characteristic style, um, you know, uh, that uh, we'll put uh, we'll put the link on for for to the show notes. No, seriously, I think it's uh, quite it's quite specific. Um, so I was wondering also, uh, uh, did you get inspiration for this somewhere, or like, do you see any link to some other art? Um, so talking about inspiration, I'm I mostly. Uh, going for classical art and sculpture for inspiration and um, I love uh, history and I love uh, costuming uh, so this is where it comes from most of the times okay I see um, um yeah what, what else can I say about it? No, I mean, it was just, it, it actually does resemble a little bit like classic sculpture, just like with a different style. Yeah. Sort of. And then um, as I'm not the person who go in for inspiration to art station. Okay. Uh, because um, in, we can, I, I can talk about it, but I, I can make it really short, but at some point, I think like uh, art station as a representation of CG art, uh, at some point becoming an echo chamber when everybody copying everybody without trying to go and look outside. And what's good about classical art is uh, nobody looking into classical art anymore. <laughs> Just like very few people actually uh, go in there for inspiration. So like I have the whole world myself that is so true that is so true not trendy yeah then in i mean those guys know they stuff and the other thing is obviously we right now if we go to museum we have the best of the best because like all kind of mediocre art is just disappear in time because nobody cares, nobody keep it, nobody care to put it in a museum. And we like, Radin, Radin for example, is a huge inspiration for me. Uh, Russian sculptor Galukina, like nobody know that name, even in Russia, but she is a fantastic. And if you want, I can, I can send you a link and you can put it in the description. Sure, yeah, definitely, um, 100%. Um, she is actually a student of Radan, so I mean, love her work. I mean, she's kind of amazing. Uh, yeah, things like that, and all kind of Russian and uh, European painters, uh, book illustrators, etc., etc. Endless. Wow. Like I, I, I sometimes you know, like everybody going for reference, like can't stop. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you know you're exactly like uh, your landscape for references is definitely unlimited. Like you know, uh, there's so much like back in the history, oh, in modern history as well. Um, well, 
and since you mentioned uh, Galupkina, who's uh, also um, a woman in art, like yourself, I cannot avoid asking you, uh, why do you think there are so few girls in the industry? Like, is it gender bias? Like, seriously, you're the first solo girl on the podcast. Um, and we've run quite a few episodes and it's actually pretty hard to find girls, um, you know, among uh, digital artists. What, what's wrong? What do you think? How, uh, how first, I, I, I uh, um, try harder. There is a lot. Uh, the other thing is it's coming. Like, uh, I've been giving a lecture in a local college last uh, spring. And the guy who's teaching there said that uh, the first year he had like 50-50. And next, like, uh, no, year before, we, in 2018, he had 50-50. 19, then I was lecturing, there, is, there was more girls. In the in the classroom, then the boys. So it's kind oh, wow. of uh, just wait for that. Uh, reasons for that, I don't know. This is interesting fact about game development in Russia because um, then I have a team. Mailru, I was working for Mailru, and this is the biggest publisher in Russia still at the moment. I have seven people and only one guy in the team. So there was more girls in the games in Russia than it's here. It's really, it, it's somehow rare still. I think I still the only girl in my team, but my team was very small. But I think it's changing first. Um, Russian game development landscape is very different, for example, from what I saw here. But, um, and it's obviously like there is still some gender problems. Even here, not like first world is not completely free of it. But I think it's getting better in general. Okay. And okay. Well, that's better. good to know. You know, like I'm, 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 I'm glad to hear that among like newer generations, it's definitely not the case, which is quite so, fun. Which is quite. And fun. I, I just like uh, I know. Um, like in general, artists. Some not everybody's just up to talk uh, into camera, not up to give an interview. Like they, we are artists. They are most likely introverts. And shy. <laughs> but I mean, just like I will give you a list of names you can interview, and they okay. are all amazing. amazing we definitely yeah. need girls. <laughs> yeah, you, you will. You yeah. will get. I, I, uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited now. All right, Alina, as now we're like uh, getting closer to deadline uh, with the time, I'll yes. run you through um, our traditional 10 questions that I always ask in the end. Um, and uh, yeah, you can answer with a couple of phrases, with a couple of words. Um, yeah. So uh, ready? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's go. So uh, what's your favorite place in the world? Uh, it will be Bucharest, Romania. Oh, can I ask why? Uh, because I, be, I was living actually in Bucharest for three months in 2012. And um, nature, uh, like uh, this culture in between Eastern and Western Europe, um, everything. And this is probably one of the places I miss and I won't go back eventually 
Cool, exciting. Nature, um, nature and architecture, a lot of medieval castles with no tourists back then. I don't know, things might change. Well, you know, depends on when you go now. <laughs> okay. Right now there's no Right now there are no tourists again. <laughs> oh my God, such a timely joke. <laughs> um, so when you're working, what are you listening to? Um, mostly scientific kind of podcasts. What's your favorite? Um, um, so there is, uh, uh, it's kind of audiobook, but it's like university courses called great courses. You can find them on audiobook and um, on different kind of topic, uh, brain science, called neuroscience, history, a lot of history wow. because I like it. Uh, politics, uh, social issues, um, these kind of things. I don't listen music on a regular basis right now. Okay, how interesting! So I know. I'm, yes, <laughs> that's so, weird. Yes, a little, definitely, definitely. So, um, uh, what's your best way to gain inspiration? Uh, that's something that we just talk about. Yeah. Um, museums, art. Uh, like. Uh, I like to go to Met Museum, it's in New York, it's fairly close to me. Uh, then I visit in Moscow, I usually go to Tretyakov Gallery, I go into Russian Museum and I'm in St. Petersburg. And I mean, my favorite thing in the world, to be honest. Okay, uh, cool. What's your big life goal? Big life goal, survive pandemic. <laughs> People of the future who listen to this podcast, we're like in the middle of uh, quarantine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a bit scary, but... <laughs> okay, okay. Otherwise, uh, I don't. Otherwise, I don't. I try not to, like... I, I, I am somewhere where I wanted to be, and we'll see how the future will unfold. I'm pretty satisfied with what I have now. Amazing, amazing. I Actually, I love this attitude. Love this. All right. Uh, my next question is, what's your favorite drink? Uh, I don't use alcohol that often. I Like if you, if you force me to choose one, I will choose green tea. Okay. But Perfect. I do love coffee as well. So. Okay. Done. That's two then. Fine. Uh, <laughs> what's the first thing that you do in the morning when you wake up? I having a coffee. Exactly this. I am. <laughs> People who go on a solo career, first thing you should do is buy coffee machine. That's what I've done. So I have a coffee machine. I do myself a good latte. I'm sitting on the couch and meditating for like uh, 15 minutes. Not like real meditation, just putting myself together to start with day to turn on my computer and to be able to do my daily routine, etc. Nice. Um, that's quite a lovely morning routine. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, what's your backup career? I like, if you ask me now, I really would love to do neuroscience. I'm so curious how brain works. So curious how people are learning stuff. This is a huge like mystery. This is like, I, partially because I want to improve on learning myself and in general I'm kind of this amateur interested in those kind of things 
Nice. Okay. Um, what's your recent favorite, let's say, a book or a movie? Um, recent. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't have to be a recent book or I mean, recent movie. Something that you read or watched recently. Recently, like for for the recent, not all time favorite, right? It will be Yuval Noah Harari. It's a twenty one lesson for twenty first century. I don't know if you ever read him. Mm. He's. Uh, I'm literally writing it down. You twenty first lesson, a twenty one lesson for twenty first century. And this is nonfiction. He is historian who tried to uh, predict, think about the future, not a predict, right? It's like not yeah. forecasting. But he tried to work with uh, current realities, a world that rapidly changing, like just in front of our eyes. And he tried to think how it may impact our future. This is very thought provoking. Even okay. if you won't agree with it, I mean, the problem with humanity, even what we see now uh, outside, literally outside, people are so short-sighted. Like, even with, with this pandemic, we can see how we are unable to predict what's going to happen. And that's why we actually should think more about future and what humanity is doing to itself and the technology and how it will impact like the life of our kids in the future. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry, I was muted. I was saying thank you very much. I think I'm definitely going to read that. Now that we all have so much time to read and improve and learn. Okay. <laughs> Before I go uh, fluffing more again. So, so who are some of your legends? Oh, again, you actually already mentioned that. Yeah, well, all dead people. All people that people. from the past. Like, I, I love my peers. I love a lot of my peers. I love I follow them on Instagram, Facebook. But I just, for now, trying to avoid name any names because the list going to be way too long. Yeah, yeah. Again, sorry, guys. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, like, guys. Old, yeah. Old like, people, old... and... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, and the last one is, uh, what are the, some of the things on your bucket list? I don't have any. I think like most of the artists don't have really list of things sure. to do. Um, so no. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Amazing. Um, Alina, thank you so much. That's been great. Yeah. And we finished the podcast with the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> for the look, cat. This is my Kabuke. This is my boss. Hello, boss. Uh, his name is Vanya. Hello, yeah. has a Russian name. Yes, I see. Very cool. Oh, yeah. You know, like last thing before we finish, um, your online nickname, Fox in the Box. Fox uh, from Box, yes. Fox from Box, sorry. So where does it come from? Um, I mean, it's not related really to the hair color. No, no, no. It's, I, like, I, I mean, used to have like red hair color back then. And it's just a stupid... Uh, I, I come up with a name for email and then it's stuck, but it's not something I care about all that much. So, okay. I would well, probably fine. change it. Oh, come on. It's so easy to remember. You know? I know. I know. I, I, so um, easy to remember. And especially when you see you and you're like, ah, oh, that's right. <laughs> um, and sometimes people see it as a tongue twister too much. And, 
um, I don't have that time anymore. Some like people make an assumption, right? That then I probably into foxes. Like I like animals, <laughs> I guess. It just I, I, this was a situation where I have to come up with email very fast and like mm, let's do that, and then it's stuck because okay, why not call like Mark Station that? But I, I don't care that much. Mm, okay, just talking Fine. too much about it. For, for <laughs> no, no, care. no. But it, but it's cool. Anyways, just I was just going to say that it's really easy to remember. So, guys, um, if you want to follow Alina, now you know that it's Fox from Box on Art Station and on Instagram. <laughs> Alina, okay, thank you so much for your time and uh, uh, we'll see you around. Yeah, thanks for having me again, guys. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our lockdown episode. I hope you stay safe. I hope you stay sane, which is more important and take advantage of this time. Don't go into the rabbit hole of social media, but rather spend some time productively, read a book, watch something nice, go through the course that you've always wanted to go through. And if you don't have that much plans yet, Join us at Stylist Character Program. We've got amazing mentors uh, guiding you through the process of your Stylist Character creation. So within these weeks, you can definitely add an epic piece to your portfolio. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in a week. And hopefully some of us are not in the solitude. All right, guys. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Art Heroes Podcast. Check out www.artheroes.co for show notes, more interviews, and free tools made for you by our team of mentors. Tune in next week for more inspiration and keep up the great work, hero. Mm-hmm.